What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. It is Friday, April 15th. Today on the show, looking into the interview with the fish tank and Tua Tonga Valoa, the first time we've heard in-depth from Miami Dolphins starting quarterback this offseason. Some interesting quotes, some interesting mindsets. We're going to talk about it here on Locked on Dolphins. Let's get after it. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? This is Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com. And I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day today on the show. To a tongue of Aloha, took the dive into the fish tank. And I'll say this, you know, this is usually a show that doesn't commit too much time or programming to content created from other outlets. Um, we certainly use those creative outlets as, as sources of inspiration, but to talk directly about a different show, it, it requires a special set of circumstances. And I certainly think Seth and OJ, who are absolutely phenomenal with the fish tank, part of the Miami Dolphins podcast network, uh, have created those conditions. And I'll say this, if you have not heard the Tua interview with Seth and OJ, I'm going to give you credit for the first listen thing because your you podcast started here. But I'm going to divert you over there to listen to the Tua interview and then come back because it'll give you a greater, greater appreciation and further context of some of the things that we're going to talk about here uh, as this Friday edition of the show. Um, I, I think what jumped out the most to me that I appreciated that Seth and OJ were willing to do on the interview was they were willing to acknowledge some of the hardship that Tua has endured to this point in his NFL career and whether he ends up being a successful starting quarterback in the NFL or not for the Miami Dolphins or elsewhere um, that is an unideal part of his story that people are always going to remember when you talk about Tua Tungvaloa uh, as a player. And they asked him about uh, the noise and the adversity and the criticisms and all those kinds of things. And he made a good point, Tua did, that um, I think is, is easily lost on a lot of people in that he had he, his growing up environment included a father who was very hands-on, uh, very much a perfectionist, and and wanted to to work with and help create the player that Tua would go on to become as a young man. And uh, Tua, at one point throughout the interview, says, "You know, uh, aside of myself, my father's my biggest critic, and you know everybody else in my family, which is extremely, they're all so supportive." They'll tell me how great I am, but for my dad, it's never good enough. So 
yes, it's and he does acknowledge. Yes, it's different when it's the NFL and it's like the people pulling for you or the or the people in the stands at at home, but everybody else is watching you too. And there's a lot of other opinions that are being formulated uh, outside of just those who are invested in your success. Uh, but he ultimately the the thesis of his thought there was. I grew up in a in an environment where my dad pushing me as hard as he did created all kinds of of pressure and noise that you know kind of prepped me for being in this kind of environment and uh he, he likens it to a story from the national championship game act like you've been there before and that was some advice that his dad uh, had given him in all walks of life act like you've been there before so trying to Apply that thought process to what these first two years have been, and obviously transitioning into year three. I think it gives you a really nice look into the headspace of Tua Tungvaloa, the Miami Dolphins quarterback. And I'll be honest, too, I'm a little surprised that an interview with Seth and OJ, which is a part of the Miami Dolphins podcast family, so technically in association with the team, I'm surprised they went down that route. Uh, you get the sense this offseason, obviously with the, the hiring of McDaniel and, and amplifying Tua Tungvaloa's strengths and, and going out and getting players that are tailored to uh, kind of the offense that McDaniel wants to run, but also through the lens of, of trying to reignite some enthusiasm for Tua Tungvaloa. And the way that you you do that is you get complimentary pieces around him, and the critics of Tua will say, well, if you need to go out and get a top-flight run game and top-flight pass catchers, then like, how good of a player is he? But that's not necessarily the point of the here and now. There's plenty of debate for what Tua Tungvaloa's ceiling is. But this offseason, in which Tua was a part of 12 months of Deshaun Watson rumors and the, the strife with Brian Flores and... Tua himself at the Luau with Tua event kind of casting some shade at at Brian Flores and the the rest of the Dolphins' former offensive coaching staffs for, oh, it was great to have my quarterback's coach, my offensive coordinator, my head coach here. I haven't had seen that kind of support before. Um, you could, could certainly expect to continue to get a certain kind of tone from the organization as it pertains to a young quarterback who they invested very highly in who they I mean they're they're trying to make this relationship work right and a lot of the damage between the relationship between Tua and the Dolphins has been self-inflicted by conflicting ideologies within the team well once they committed to we're going to try to make it work with Tua let's stay the course so we're going to change the head coach. We're going to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, you would certainly expect them to continue on a path of like, they want to make Tua feel welcomed. They want to make him feel stable. So I was surprised that the, the questions in that environment included some stuff about the noise. And I thought Tua handled it. Uh, with grace and about as well as you possibly could. Not necessarily the questions. I mean, the, the questions were in themselves innocent enough. You know, how do you deal with noise? How do you stay focused? How do you work through that adversity? 
But uh, I was glad that the interview included something of that spectrum because it would have been very easy to say, hey, let's just talk football. We're not going to get into that kind of stuff. Well, they did, and I think it painted Tua in a good light. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. But we, we talked about a lot more than just uh, the adversity that Tua Tungvaloa has, has faced throughout the first two years of his NFL career, uh, particularly from within and from uh, the environment that, that he calls home, you know, the, the South Florida media and the constant Watson rumors and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they talked about Dan Marino. And they, they talked about Dan not just uh, making an appearance at the fundraiser last weekend, but also about Dan's impression on Tua, Dan's impression on the Miami Dolphins quarterback room. And this is like a really cool trump card that Miami's environment has at their disposal for uh, conditions for young quarterbacks. And that Dan Marino is still so involved in the Dolphins organization. He sits in on the quarterback meetings. Uh, they've made an environment that, that makes Dan feel comfortable to jump in on film study and stop the tape and talk about his experiences with things. And, and Tua himself references, you know, no matter how much the game has changed, um, success leaves footprints is the quote that he used in, in discussing Dan and the quarterbacks that follow and, and trying to um, learn from the things that Dan had so much success with. And I thought that was a very, very, very cool moment of this interview to acknowledge uh, the relationship with Dan and how Dan can be a formative presence in the quarterback room. Um, so you, you think about the kind of mentorship that can potentially exist specifically in, in this environment, in an offense that you know, might be as different as you could possibly imagine from a Dan Marino-type environment <laughs> at the NFL level, right? I mean, Dan was slinging the ball all over the yard. We would be wise to not ask Tua Tungvaloa to be that kind of quarterback. We would be wise based on the direction of this team, it would seem the Dolphins agree that Tua Tungvaloa can be at his best role as a distributor, as an opportunistic throw guy, as compared to a volume throw guy. The investments in the offensive line, the investments in the backfield, the investments in the run-after-catch guys. You're looking for explosiveness to uh, create big plays. You either let your quarterback create those or you let the environment create those for the quarterback. And I, th I would love to know what the perception of Tua would be 
if Tua didn't come out of Alabama with the narratives that existed around who he is as a player, right? Because Tua was a prodigy. Tua was the next big thing. Freshman phenom at Alabama comes off the bench to lead the the tie to a national championship. From that moment, the hype train leaving the station, you you were never going to slow it down. And I was somebody in the pre-draft process who was high on Tua Tungvalu. I did have him as QB2 behind Joe Burrow. I had him in the same tier as Justin Herbert as players, and my thought process for that draft was, if you'll remember and you listen to the show, I'm going to trust the Dolphins to pick either or guy because I see the pathway for both of them being successful quarterbacks, and the Dolphins are a team that, at least early on with Chris Greer and Brian Flores, were dedicated to player development. You saw a lot of players who those coaches got in there at first, and they really facilitated growth from talent. My process was good. Uh, The Dolphins' self-inflicted wounds on deciding whether or not they wanted to stay invested into a tongue below or not has probably been the biggest roadblock to him becoming the kind of quarterback he's capable of being. And again, I think it bears repeating. I don't think Tua Tagovailoa is ever going to be a quarterback that takes 650 pass attempts, averages 8.5 yards per attempt, and throws for 5,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, and, and 8 interceptions. I don't think that's a realistic expectation for Tua based off what we've seen through the first two seasons. But can you get to a point where you run a balanced offense and you have success in running the football? Remember, there's probably only four or five scheme-transcendent quarterbacks in the NFL. Four or five. That you could place them in any environment and they're going to be successful. Everybody else has certain kinds of limitations, field vision limitations, physical limitations, arm limitations, that you have to work to circumvent and find the best path forward from there. And that's the bucket I think Tua falls into. He's, he's going to be a scheme-specific starter in the NFL. Joe Montana was a system quarterback. No, it's just a historical reference. I'm not saying Tua is going to be the next Joe Montana. I'm just using an example of somebody who had a certain kind of skill set that played in an offense that was tailored to that skill set. Go read the book, uh, what, what is it, Take Your Eye Off the Ball? I think that's what it's called. But they're talking to Phil Sims about him and his pre-draft workout with Bill Walsh. And Phil Sims goes into this, this workout, and he's all revved up, and he's ready to throw with gas. And Bill Walsh is like, no, you're doing way too much. I need nice and soft, nice and simple, boo, 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 boo. And, like, Phil Sims just, he said during the workout, like, he really struggled to pick up conceptually what Bill Walsh was asking him to do. Well, then you foil that to Joe Montana, and that was what Joe Montana naturally did. And, of course, San Francisco ends up with Joe Montana, and then the rest is... It's like the scene from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I don't know if you, you guys have seen the movie or not, but Jason Siegel's character goes to go surfing in Hawaii. 
And um, the surf instructor's like, you just got to pop up. Just got to do it. So he does it, and he's like, oh, no, you're doing too much. Do less, do less. And every time he tries to stand up with the surfboard, he does a little bit too, does a little bit less until eventually he doesn't even try to get get up off the surfboard at all. In which case, the surf instructor says, "Well, no, yeah, you got to do more than that." But <laughs> it's kind of like a that scene reminds me of that commentary from Phil Sims talking about meeting with Bill Walsh and working out with Bill Walsh, and that was all those years ago. But you still have those different dynamics. And that was a point that Tua made throughout the course of uh, the interview as well. He was asked about six different offensive coordinators in six years. He said, everybody's got a different way to call something. But at the end of the day, football is football, right? So you, you, you retain the new vocabulary. But conceptually, you're going to be asked to do all the same things, just in different ways. And... I think about football's football, right? Things and lessons that were were written 40, 50 years ago still have application today. And that includes Dan Marino and his success and his insight into playing the quarterback position, but it also includes the Phil Sims versus Joe Montana, Bill Walsh pre-draft workout, and there's different skill sets for different kinds of offenses. And that's the kind of, of expectation I think we need to have for two is that no, you, you can't put him in Bruce Arians' offense in Tampa Bay that pushes the ball down the field. You can't put him uh, in you can't put him in the same offense that Justin Herbert runs and expect them to look the same. But you've got a quarterback whose skill set is really predicated on short and intermediate accuracy release quickness, ball handling, play face, foot speed, presence within the pocket to feel and make the first arriving pass rusher miss. And not mobility that's going to test you as a runner, but mobility that can move the pocket and really amplify and stress second-level defenders if you have the threat of the run in place. You take all that, you piece that all together, and that's your blueprint for success to find out what the ceiling is with Tua Tungvaluwa. Will we find it this year? I don't know. But you look at what the Dolphins have assembled, and you can see that's what they're trying to accomplish. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all of their bars. And right now, you can visit Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and save 15% off your next order. That is Built.com, promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. So this, this show kind of evolved into something I wasn't necessarily planning. Uh, but there were some moments throughout the interview that served as a good reinforcement of a lot of the things that we've talked about as far as Tua, his approach to professional football, his uh, approach to handling adversity and noise and questions and the things that he has going for him with this regime that is tailored to appears to be tailoring things to his strengths. 
these are the things that you would have expected this team to do right away because that's what good teams do. And that's why going back to that 2020 draft, if you ask me, hey, you could have Tua or you could have Herbert at number five, it's like, yeah, I'll be good with it either way. They showed in 2019 they were capable of putting guys in positions to be successful. I don't think there's any question Tua has limitations as a quarterback, but I also don't think there's any question they've done very little to ideally surround him. And I'll say this for last year's regime too, despite the rumors that existed. Uh, They tried a lot of different things. I mean, they brought in Charlie Fry. Right? They, they kept George Godsey in a prominent role when he had a good relationship with Tua from 2019. They tried to run an RPO-heavy offense. But their efforts in trying, I think now that we can look back at it with hindsight, were efforts that were made with good intentions but fell flat because the people that were in place could not maximize any component of the things that they were trying to do, which makes you feel like it's probably not what they ideally wanted to do in the first place. And I think that's the most fascinating layer to this offseason with Tua. Definitely make sure you go check out the Fish Tank interview if you did not take my advice at the top of the show and go listen to it before you you listen to us talk here on the show. Um but I very much enjoyed it. I very much enjoyed kind of diving back into uh, this player uh, who is a, such a lightning rod for fans. And I always try to be receptive to, to fans who are on both sides of that fence and understand uh, the concerns that exist, the enthusiasm that exists. Uh, but we should all want that same thing, right? And we all want Tua Tungvalo to be a successful quarterback because Tua Tungvalo being a successful quarterback means the Miami Dolphins are a successful franchise. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, Make sure you hit subscribe here on the podcast. Follow along. We got lots of great content coming up as we go. Kyle Krabs, fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins.